There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. So today on our podcast, we have our good friend, Terry Kempel. We've mentioned him a few times, sometimes by name. And in our first episode, we talked about him and really didn't even bring up his name. But that's when we were talking about battling the dark forces that prevail in our schools. And so we wanted to bring him on and just have some dialogue with him. We've known each other since the mid-90s. So for 25 years, Terry has stood for the Judeo-Christian principles that America was founded on. He's been leading petition drives that collected tens of thousands of petitions to end partial birth abortion, rallying hundreds of people to attend school board meetings in Hillsborough and Pasco counties to defend the rights of students, parents, and teachers, and helping pass school choice legislation in Florida That's just a few of the efforts that Terry's been involved in. And in a lot of those efforts, I've had the absolute privilege of at least being part of it and helping pull other people together in those kinds of things. One of the things that we shared in our first episode had to do with the school board and some of the measurable results that we saw take place during that time. But today, we really want Terry to focus in on protect our children. So Terry, just open it up and begin talking to us about that. Sure, Richard. Thank you so much for the kind introduction. It's really an honor to be on here with you two. Uh, You're becoming famous with this podcast. I feel like uh, I'm getting to ride on your wagon. So this is great. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been a, a wonderful growing relationship since then. I met Kimberly after that, and it's been the same. I went over to some of your training over in Winter Haven, was it, or Winter, wherever? Auburndale, yeah. Auburndale, and really appreciated and enjoyed it. And as I, along with many others, saw God drawing you two together, it was like, okay. At first, I was thinking, are they really aware of what's happening? (laughs) And then I thought, well, gee whiz. Uh, you're both a good bit younger than me, but not all that much younger than me. So you probably knew what was happening. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> so not. <laughs> it, was, it was with a great joy that uh, we watched as God brought you two together. And uh, it's really a pleasure and a blessing to see you both doing this, doing God's work. So, Terry, you talking about, you know, watching how God brought us together. Tomorrow we celebrate our four year anniversary. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's definitely been an exciting four years. I bet. Since we've been married and our training at Watchmen Arise, um, you've been very much a part of that. You've taken quite a few of our classes. We always encourage people to go to our website, watchmenarise.com, and just see the resources that we have there. Now, come back in and talk to us about Protect Our Children. Sure. And there's just one more step I have to take because you had mentioned out specifically, Richard, you're in my relationship and how that was intentional and how it grew. And in that podcast, you certainly spoke briefly about the influence that you've had on my life. I want to emphasize the dramatic impact and the maybe mind-opening effect of your mentorship in the spiritual realm on me. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think probably my oldest brother, I would call him my spiritual father because he was the one who really brought me to the Lord in the first place. But certainly you're my big brother in, <laughs> in Christ. And, and I really appreciate you. And I appreciate the friendship that we've had and the things that your friendship has meant to me in my life and my growth as a Christian. I think in that, Terry, that um, one of the things that, you know, our relationship being an example, but that God wants to do, because if we're going to be an occupying force, we got to build bridges. We got to build bridges between different denominations. We got to be open to have dialogue with each other. And, you know, most of your roots being Baptist and truthfully mine too until around 1985. But to be able to sit down and openly look at the word together and then from that grow together in those things. But really what we're after is the kingdom, not all the other side issues. And that's the beauty of one of the things that we've been able to see in the state of Florida with what you're doing, especially when it comes to public schools, because we don't want to make the non-essentials the issues. <laughs> and um, it, it has, it's, it was, a, it's been fabulous to have had those times together. Yes. And now, you know, when Kimberly and I get a chance to get with you or even have dinner with you and your wife, we still enjoy the relationship. Specifically, God directed me through a series of events into the realm of, I'll just say Christian activism uh, in, in, in promoting Judeo-Christian principles in our community. And the main focus that he gave me for that is to unite the church, educate and unite the church. So the ministry that Shirley and I started in probably 2006, our mission statement is to promote Judeo-Christian values by educating and uniting the church to be able to engage our community in the issues of the day. And the issues that we looked at primarily were religious liberty, sanctity of life, traditional family, and then because of the emphasis here in Florida, gambling and the sex industry, and then the emphasis across the world, but particularly from our perspective right here in Hillsborough County, the indoctrination of our kids in the public schools. Yes. And what happened is, well, let me back up. In 2016, well, I guess God allowed President Obama to be president and to issue the what's called a Dear Colleague letter, a directive, essentially, to public schools in America to allow boys who believed they were girls, or who at least who said they believed they were girls, and girls who said they believed that they were boys, to share the bathrooms and locker rooms and showers with the members of the opposite sex. Share, I'm, I'm saying share. So basically you have girls showering with boys in, uh, in some schools in America. And that's just wrong. I mean, that's just wrong. Wrong. And here in Hillsborough County, we had at that time, we had a really wonderful Christian superintendent of schools. And a lot of that stuff is done administratively within a school district, because if they do it as a policy, there have to be public hearings. And the last thing that they want is public hearings on controversial issues like that. So they do it through procedural means. They issue procedures is specifically what they call them. They issue procedures 
that fall under some, in one fashion or another, they fall under some higher arching policy. So it's like the implementation of a policy that was created about something else. It, it's often done incrementally. So you have one step, maybe it's in a non-discrimination policy, you add a recognition of sexual orientation and then gender identity and et cetera, et cetera. Um, what happened in Hillsborough County is they had already added we fought against it. We lost. And, that, you know, often that's the case, but we, we still fight. But they they had added a sexual orientation and gender identity to the non-discrimination clause of the county guidelines. One of the school board members put gender identity on the table as a, on the agenda as something to be added to that policy. So what would happen if gender identity were added would be that means that Male teachers, if they chose, could start coming to school dressed as girls or women and could be effectively, because of the way the policies were written, sharing the bathrooms and, and sharing uh, whatever other facilities with the girls. We didn't want that to happen. So what happened? And you were part of this. And again, it's been a blessing over the years to have you part of many of the efforts that we've uh, we've been involved in, sometimes leading the way. But we had several smaller meetings of mostly pastors, but there were other Christian people around the county. And then we had a, a big town hall meeting. And I remember the day of the town hall meeting, it was, it was raining so hard. Some of us thought we might have to build another ark. <laughs> but we still wound up with about 250 people at that town hall meeting. And when we told them what was going on, we had people left and right, signing up, volunteering to play some part in keeping that issue from being approved by our school board. We gathered 16,000 petitions for that particular effort. We walked into the school board meeting. There were a couple hundred people, uh, probably 35 to 40 of them were pastors, 25 pastors that spoke, uh, signed up to speak and spoke. And interestingly, in a political realm, people who are elected officials recognize two things. They recognize money and they recognize votes. And people represent both of those things. So they're influenced by the numbers of people. So not only did we have those numbers of people in the room, but also as the pastors spoke, not all of them said how big their congregations were, but many of them did say how large their congregations were. And all of a sudden, the school board was being addressed by over 200,000 people through those spokesmen. The item was pulled from the agenda. Yeah. Just like that, that meeting. Now, I had walked in and I was the first speaker and I walked in with a hand truck with 8,000 petitions on it. And the reason I only had 8,000 petitions on it was because I wanted to make sure we had 8,000 for the next meeting, because typically with school board or with the policy meetings or public hearings, there's two for each issue. We never had the second public hearing because they pulled it from the table. Now, that's not to say it won't come back. At that time, we named that effort Protect Our Children. And that was part of the ministry that Shirley and I started, uh, uh, Community Issues Council. God, in his... I guess I'll say his wisdom. <laughs> I, I was looking at six items. He was looking at one item because that's really the future, not just of our country but, or our state or our county, but it's uh, really the future of our faith because we're never more than a generation away from the elimination of faith. 
And there are so many negative influences in our culture that make it difficult for people to hear the gospel or respond to the gospel or for the gospel to take root in their lives that we want to do what we can do to remove those impediments from the culture. I call it taking rocks out of the soil. Uh, if you go back to the parable of the sower, the part about the rocks. Uh, in any event, God made it clear that I was supposed to focus more intently on protecting our children. And then my territory got expanded from Hillsborough County. I got invited to help them in Pasco County because they had an issue going on there, specifically the bathroom, locker room, shower issue. And then I got invited to go to Pinellas County because they had a, a, a substantial emphasis going on among their school leaders to implement comprehensive sex ed. And I don't know how much you want me to say about those things, but basically comprehensive sex ed is a sex ed curriculum, regardless of whose name is on it, that essentially teaches students that they're expected to be sexually active and that in order to be safer, they should use a condom. Yeah. I, I mean, that's really what comprehensive sex ed is. And we we're fighting that. And there are other organizations fighting it. But anyway, uh, those organizations started to grow in those counties. And then, uh, Richard, I think you might have been at the Community Action Council meeting when, when Paul said to me, Terry, you need to meet Pastor Ernie Rivera. Mm. And I, I said, oh, sure. You know, uh, you, you, I've been told over the years you need to meet this person, you need to meet that person. And, and all too frequently, it turns out to be time that could have been better spent doing something else. So I didn't really take it to heart. I said, sure, Paul. The next meeting that we had for CAC, Paul said, Terry, did you meet Pastor Ernie Rivera yet? And I said, no. He said, you have to go meet him tonight. He will be at the River Church at the Club 45 meeting. So I did. I went and I met Pastor Ernie. And God immediately uh, showed us that there was some kindred spirit there and that we were to, meant to meet. And over the next couple of months, uh, we figured out the way that we could work together. We we're both kind of a type. So it's a little, you know, a little difficult sometimes to find the right way to make that work. Uh, I know that you guys don't have any experience with that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we decided to co-found Protect Our Children Project. It was founded in January of 2020. We were already on the move and growing and had our first. And at that same location, a church in, in Pasco County, we had our first town hall meeting scheduled for March 31st, 2020. And everybody knows what happened on March 15th of 2020. America shut, shut down, as did most of the world. Yeah. So we were in a kind of a stasis mode for quite a long time. It was in October. We started to open up again, or actually the country started to open up again, especially here in Florida. Uh, thank you, Governor DeSantis. But then Ernie got the virus. And so he was out of, out, really out of commission for most of two months. And then I got the virus. After he got well and we started working again, I got the virus and I was out of commission, literally out of commission for about five weeks. And then it took about another three to four weeks for me to get, regain enough energy and stamina to be able to effectively work at launching a ministry. Well, we're now well on the way toward achieving the objectives that we had when we started. 
Now, let me say that the mission for Protect Our Children Project is to protect our children's innocence, privacy rights, and quality of education by supporting the family and encouraging community involvement. And we have materials together to explain what the issues are that we want to address and how to build a county organization so that you can effectively address those issues and have an impact on them. Uh, strategies on some of the, not all of them yet, we're working on developing strategies on everything that comes up, but some strategies on uh, how to go about step-by-step -step addressing the issues and different things that you can do. Uh, and it, it ranges from doing research, like when are there meetings that we need to go to, to activism. Uh, let's stand on the car line at school and hand out flyers telling what's going on in the schools in the county. Our website is pocp.org. So it's Protect Our Children Project, the acronym for that, pocp.org. And you can see what we're talking about. We are in, in the process of, of building a news feed on issues that will have an impact and then having that news feed both on a general basis and on a county basis so that the counties can directly address their issues in their counties. Is, is that, you know, I, with the people that listen to this podcast, we talked a little bit about, you know, you even mentioned it. I mean, the Ernie ended up being a divine connection. You didn't think in the beginning that that was what was that was all about. He was a divine connection. And one thing was, is I know a little bit of the story because he was pastoring a church and then God said, you know, he had this heart for what was going on. And God said, well, if you really care, I, I want you to get out of the pulpit and out into the streets. And he ran as a politician. He ran against Marco Rubio. And the issue is not that he lost. The issue is that he really won because God put him in a whole arena to be about what he's doing now. That's right. So again, those kinds of things, you want to watch what God's doing. We all want to be listening to what God's telling us to do because everything about, you know, not everything, but most of what our message is, is get outside the walls of the church. We love the church. We love what goes on there, but know what's going on. And you and I both know, yet people don't do any good by having their heads in the sand. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that, you know, the gift that you are, at least to, to, to our county is, is that you kept up with those things. So people that are listening to this podcast, we want you to, if God puts something in your heart, again, we're talking about education, we're talking about our children. And right now, it is a big message when it comes to whether you want to call it conservatives, whether you want to call it children, whether you want to call it patriots. There's this major voice right now that says it's about our children. We've That's right. got to do something to save our children. That's right. And those of us that have great grandchildren or children, we recognize that because you said, hey, man, it only takes a generation and all of a sudden we're in a mess. And we're in that mess. The other thing that I want to say with people listening is here kind of the points that are being brought out in this testimony. In other words, where does God want you to get involved and just begin to research and find out what's going on? And sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper because sometimes they don't want the public to know. 
If they can pull these things off without the parents knowing what's being taught, without the parents. I mean, they did the same thing with Common Core. And thank God DeSantos has said, no, it's out of here. But they did that and they didn't want the parents to know. And not only that, when the parents called and said, hey, I don't understand why you're teaching my child and I'm trying to help them in math. And the teachers were taught to say, just stay away from that. Just let us do it. Right. You know, so there's been this whole thing of trying to block the door for parents to be involved. And you and I both know, I mean, everything says, no, it's the parents that are supposed to train up the child. And so if we're going to be training up the child and we're going to release our children into any kind of school, into any kind of mentoring program, then we need to know exactly what's being taught to our children. And that's another part of this of what you're doing is educating parents. And in a lot of what's opened up, like in Pasco, why? Because a parent stuck her nose in the school, found out what was going on. They tried to tell her it wasn't going on. That's right. And she pursues it and says, no, wait a minute. This is when it's going on. This is when this club's meeting. And this is how it's affecting my child. And we're not going to put up with it. And then she starts talking to the parents. I, I hope you can hear a strategy here, people. Those of you that are listening, you can't sit back and not get involved. Number one, you got a responsibility before God to know what's going on with your children. And then from there, you need to know what's going on in the school. And then the other thing, some people like you and others that'll start sticking their nose in there, show up at a school board meeting, go to their website, do something to find out what it is that they're teaching. And so when that happens, then what you said, which again, there in Hillsborough County, with the whole thing of the bathroom law, when all of a sudden something's exposed and brought out into the open, and then parents or pastors find out, whoa, wait a minute, this is what's about to happen, then there's a wake up, and we, this word is being used everywhere. There has to be an awakening. People have to wake up. They have to see. So even in our podcast, we're like, here's a wake-up call. You need to see and jump in and see what's going on. And then in that, and the thing I love about Community Issues Council, the thing I love about, you know, what we do with Community Action Council and what you're doing with Protect Our Children, across the board, Terry, God has given us resources resources are so important to us. And the other thing is the part with not only just resources, but practicality. In other words, a parent could say, I recognize what's going on here. I don't have a clue where to start. That's right. You guys and others know how to say, here's a starting place. But those of you that are listening today, understand once your eyes are open, God's got resources, but God's got people, divine connections. You'll be intentional to say, hey, I want to meet. I want to know what's going Go to a town hall meeting, find out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, God can say, this is where I want you to focus on. This is the place I want you to be. Because like you said, some parents wouldn't know or anything else to say, okay, we're going to show up on this day and we're going to have a legitimate God-fearing protest. And yes, we're going to be filled with love, but we're not going to sit back and just let anything happen. Tell us if you want to, you know, kind of where Protect Our Children is now, because there's a breath of God on it and it's beginning to multiply. 
our goal for this year is to have county chapters developed in all 67 counties of Florida because there are school districts in all 67 counties. So 67 school districts in Florida. Currently, we have directors. So we have a vetting process to select directors, people who are led by the spirit and who are also led to be active in protecting the children. Uh, We have directors in 14 counties now. We have another 11 who are in the vetting process. We're hopeful that by the end of this month, the end of June, we'll have uh, 20 to 25 counties where we have directors and they are actively in the growth process. Uh, We have a big event coming up in the middle of the month here in Orlando, and there will be hundreds of pastors and other leaders, but pastors in particular, because the church is really the most effective army if it can be mobilized and united, where we'll have the opportunity to share with them. And out of that, we're anticipating that we'll get additional counties that people will want to become involved in. We have a specific plan laid out, which counties we are going to go after to try and identify potential directors and then members under their leadership. So we're growing. We have materials together already to help people who decide they want to be county directors to begin to develop their counties, a structure uh, organized. And then also because of the experience that I have in activism, we've got a, a basic design for how the action items break out in the different categories. Let me back up and say this a different way because I can get really academic about stuff like this because it does take an an academic administrative foundation in order to support an organization that's going to address 67 counties and then possibly other states once we're there. But this is about the kids. You know, we have our kids being bought in the schools, And in the culture, it's not just the schools, although because they spend so much of their time there and so many of the school districts have been taken over by leftists, really, by left-wing politicians in the school boards or left-wing bureaucrats who just don't believe in the Judeo-Christian principles America was founded on. So our kids are being taught anti-God, anti-family, anti-life, anti-America. Yes. Uh, Anti-religious freedom. Yeah. Anti all of the things that more or less the same generation, all of the things that we held dear, that we were taught to revere. And that's why America is where it is, because over the period of years, from the time maybe starting even before I was in elementary school, although I'm not sure we could go back that far because I'm not sure time even existed back then, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, but it just, just, it's been layer upon layer of undoing of the foundation of America. And you can see these man on the street things where some commentator is interviewing college students. I saw one just yesterday, but the commentator was asking these college students at a college in Washington state, is there a difference between a man and woman? And basically the answer was no, no difference. They could be whatever they want to be. Well, that's because those kids back in grammar school started getting the garbage that said there's no difference between men and women, whatever form it took at that time. And then as they progressed through their education or their indoctrination might be a better way to say it, it just got more and more reinforced, more and more reinforced. And if God didn't create us, Forgetting men and women, if God didn't create us, then God certainly didn't create a different man and different woman. 
And that's what our kids are being caught. There's no difference between them and a frog. Yeah. The only difference is an accident of evolution. So we're fighting that to the best that we can. Our kids need to be protected. There's just not enough of it going on. I mean, you know, and in all of this, the motivation is love. It's the love of God. It's the love of people. What we're looking for here is we're looking for what's going to bring life, what's going to bring the best. And God's the one that offers that. So all of these things that you're talking about, it really is anti-God. And whether people understand that or not, that's the absolute truth. And so we so appreciate what you're doing. We're so encouraged by what's going on. We're glad that you're doing what you're doing in the state of Florida. So what we want to do is we want to encourage people to go to your website. It's POCP.org. We want you to see what's going on there, especially those of you in Florida. Then you may want to get involved in some way. Jump in enough to find out what's happening. Those of you that are in other states, you can go to the website and you can begin to see the resources. You can begin to see the model and then you can either pull from Protect Our Children or just take and and let God do with it what he wants to do in whatever state that you're in. And we see God doing that everywhere. God's doing things and we don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. So we're just saying God's building something here investigate it, see what's going on. Don't be afraid to send an email. Don't be afraid to make a phone call and ask more questions if there's things that, you know, you want to know more about. So we've enjoyed our time today with Terry Kimple. And so today we're your hosts, Richard and Kimberly Wilson with Occupying Force. We encourage you to go to our website, watchmanarise.com, see the resources we have there. We really want to connect with you. We really want to begin to build relationships and partnerships with those of you that are listening. Why? So that we can expand the kingdom together, so that we can work together and watch what it is that God wants to do. So you can send us an email at office at watchmanarise.com. Kimberly and I today, we just bless every one of you and thank God for you. Thanks for listening.